0: Splash Weather Repel Premium Windshield Wash features a
1: three-in-one formula that repels rain, sleet, snow, and bugs while leaving a streak-free shine. And its advanced beading technology keeps you seeing safely all year long. See
0: safely on the road when you apply a little splash.
1: Pick some up at Walmart today.
2: Dylan was, he was a revolutionary, man. The The way that Elvis freed your body, Bob freed your mind.
1: This is Bob Dylan, about man and God and law. Bob Dylan is back on the road, and remarkably, his set list seems to be dominated by songs from his most recent album, Rough and Rowdy Ways. How does that feel? It feels kind of extraordinary that an artist of 80 years old has created material fresh and impactful enough to run roughshod and ready from the previous 60 years of his work. The streaming concert special Shadowland this past summer was said to have focused on Dylan's early years which it did only partly, excluding his truly early, exclusively acoustic work. And this is also extraordinary, that by some measure, early work could describe the 1980s, three decades into a career as featured on Springtime in New York, volume sixteen of the bootleg series, which by now is also the midpoint of Dylan's career are you to the All right. lonely, but you know you used to get. In the religious literature of late antiquity, Around 400 or so, the sages of the Jewish tradition tried to explain the nature of biblical interpretation. How Jeremiah or King David could suddenly appear to embody the meaning of a verse that preceded or came after them by centuries. Or how a verse from the book of Genesis is only completed by a companion verse in the Psalms. So too, the New Testament came to quote unquote, explain and complete the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible. The sages of late antiquity had a phrase to describe this phenomenon. "Ein mukdam There is no early or late in the Holy Writ of the Bible. It's timeless, boundless, and all sacred text is a kind of commentary on itself. And so too Dylan, whose canon includes all of his songs, but in some sense also his writing and art and interviews, and of course his performances like the ones taking place in the U.S. right now. And then there's the question of people present company included, and probably many of you who write or teach about Bob Dylan. Are we some tangential part of that timeless canon? Where in the universe of Dylan's work do we fit in, and does it even matter? In the book Bob Dylan and William Shakespeare, the true performing of it, Andrew Muir dedicates his intellectual heft to many rich topics, including the question of Dylan and his critics, also in that world, Muir writes, scholars and performers would coexist and cross-pollinate concepts and visions. And in this spirit, we turn again to Rebecca Slayman, whose perspective on Dylan fandom, Dylan and the queer community, and Dylan as a pillar and a post for a generation emerging into the shadowland of COVID-19 deepens and extends Dylan's canon to the third and even fourth generation. Now, we don't need anything to know how it feels when we hear a great song. But hearing a great song with a thoughtful, humble, purposeful explanation can make us feel it even more. At least that's how I feel after speaking to Rebecca. Dylan's canon does deepen and grow as we listen to it, speak of it, and try to make sense of it talking about, Dylan, as we do here, is not too far removed from the art of sages who cannot help but want to have more from the texts in which they are grounded. And that interpretive, emotive, intuitive magic is some of what I caught a glimpse of in this conversation. I'm Stephen Daniel Arnoff, host of this podcast and author of About Man and God and Law. The Spiritual Wisdom of Bob Dylan. This is the second half of A Great Conversation. Welcome to Episode 5 of Season 2 of Bob Dylan, about man and God and law. Bob Dylan in Stansville with Rebecca Slayman, Part 2.
0: Yeah, I think that that vulnerability and the rage are two sides of the same coin. I think they're both born out of pain. And the the rage is the extreme pain and betrayal that he's felt. Um, positively, Fourth Street is maybe the most explicit and personal song that he's written to describe how he is feeling in that moment. Um, and when it comes to Like a Rolling Stone, I mean, that was the song that really got me hooked specifically that version of it the Judas version of it because it's it's this expulsion of of everything he is feeling in that moment the the betrayal the hurt the rage um but it's also kind of like you can feel that directed at you as a listener and it's like maybe yeah maybe i i i could use a little kick kicking down in my mm. in my chest.
1: You got it I know to say you are my friend When I was down you just did the grinning You got it I knew to say I got a just want to be on the side that's winning. You say
0: i let you down. You know it's not like that. If you're so hurt. I first discovered Dylan right after I graduated college into the pandemic and I felt exactly like the subject in that song. And I felt like, okay, I was living pretty good in college. I was just like, you know, not really aware of what the world held for me. And then I had to move back home with my parents and I didn't have a job and all of that. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't feel great. This is simultaneously directed at me and channeling what I'm feeling in this moment. And it's it's going back to what you're saying about feeling. How does it feel? It doesn't feel good, and you are exactly expressing what it is like right now for me. And you know what? You're right. Like it's it's this truth, it's the essence of truth, that's in that rage that makes it so powerful. I think.
1: So do you think that Dylan is teaching us empathy by showing us his, so that we will show someone ours, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, our definitely. Our pain or
1: our mixed up confusion blues or whatever it is. Mm.
0: Yes, and and it's in a way that's like especially when it's not about something that's personal for him, when he's just telling a story. It's still encompassing like feelings that he must know, that he must be a part of, which further makes it hard to imagine who he really is because he doesn't act the way that he sings about in the songs. He's telling the stories, but he must know the feelings and convey them in a way that is so relatable and powerful for us
1: so we've got um a whirlpool of angst we've got a lot of unhappiness we've got Mm. all kinds of rough stuff but though we might like to stand inside the rain with him like in just like a woman Mm -hmm. um we also we need hope you know i mean we we it's 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 this is not death metal right Mm -hmm. this is this is the music that people can listen to thousands and thousands of times. Listen to these yeah. songs. Where mm-hmm. do you find the the soft edge? Where do you find the hope? What keeps you mm-hmm. coming back? If you sort of contrast that to mm-hmm. the harder elements of how mm-hmm. does it feel?
0: Well, it's 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 fun to wallow <laughs> is one thing. <laughs> right? is when, when you're feeling down, I think it is underrated to just listen to sad songs and sort of feel the pain as much as you can and then it is this release of the emotions
1: i've just reached a place where the will i don't bend there's not much more to be said it's the top of the end i
0: Also, you know, it's not the only thing he's conveying in his songs. Like you said, there's a whole range of things. So, I mean, usually you listen to an album and you're able to, you know, you might play one song on repeat a couple of times, but in that listening, in that relating, you have sort of a, a catharsis of emotions that I think is really um, healthy. And uh, I'm grateful for Dylan for, for creating that for us.
1: Religion has not been particularly helpful in the betterment of humanity in a lot of ways. We see tremendous violence in fundamental perspectives on every kind of religion, Mm -hmm. really, the big ones and the smaller ones that play big. Right. Mm -hmm. Dylan talks a lot about God. He's obviously been through different forms of, of being a religious person or a spiritual person. And he talks a lot about um, the Bible, mm-hmm. and he talks a lot about um, of religious values. And when Murder Most Foul was released, mm-hmm. the main message was, quote it directly: "You know, to all my fans and followers who have been with me for all the years." And and he talks about God. How does someone who's standing out there watching religious culture destroy mm-hmm. so much of what we would? want of a society how do you play with that raw material of religion and god talk and religious myth mm-hmm. does that ever come up
0: yeah it's i mean it's impossible to say at any point what it, what was he thinking like what what is bob talking about especially when he's doing those those christian rants those those sermons in the 80s it's like what this seems to go against what he seems to have stood for at other points in, the, in his life. Um, and so when it comes to the religion in the music itself, I find it best to look at it as you would any other literature, any other text. I think um, it's really fascinating to find Anecdotes to find references to the Bible to different types of religious literature, um, because it helps to open up an interpretation of the song. Um, and as an English major, I I am used to to that sort of academic uh, study, and that's just another facet that, like, I feel like I can't know what the heck he's thinking sometimes when he's doing certain religious bouts because. Um, you know, it's, it's another just part of his identity that I think we can't really understand. And we just have to trust the music in a way.
1: You have a little bit in common with Dylan here in terms of your process, as I understand it, you know, you're, you're looking for artifacts and mm-hmm. uh, in in the, in the, I won't call it the rubble, but just like mm-hmm. the, you know, Dylan describes himself in the interview that he gave to Rolling Stone uh. Uh, right after nine eleven, is saying mm. that he's always felt like he was walking around in Pompeii. Mm. Uh, that he always felt like he was like in another time, collecting the stuff of the time and and explaining it. I had to rearrange their faces and give them all another name. I mean, that's mm. just a simple way of doing what scholars and sages have been doing for thousands of years. Yes. A renewing of life through the old. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing in this radical new world of the disembodied, right? is you're going through the tweets and you're going through the Instagram posts and you're going through YouTube comments and you're like collecting these artifacts mm. and, um, and building narrative. Are you, are you, do you, would you see yourself as, as, as doing something that's kind of akin to, to making kinds of myths or mm. narratives or providing A wholeness from all those artifacts like what what, what's your what's your goal what's your aim in terms of what are you giving back with this stuff
0: that's a really interesting question and I feel that as someone who is relatively new to this my job right now is as a fan to get more enjoyment out of it is to listen to what other people are saying about him um so really my my goal is to just find people my my new friends online and see what they think and I'm like hmm I'll pick that up and add it to my pile and who I think of as Dylan because uh, he's certainly his myths are changing right now because there are is a whole new generation of fans who interact with him in a different way. I have a friend, Harry Hugh. He's pretty mm-hmm. pretty popular in, in the Dylan community. He always has really interesting to, things to say about Dylan. He loves him so much, but you know he is able to reckon with things he disagrees with about him and create this myth of here's probably what he was thinking at the time and i don't feel that i have like any authority over that yet but i really trust people who do who do create these myths of who dylan could be um, because it's interesting to see where these songs came from like I I loved when I tweeted once, I was like, did Dylan learn Shakespeare in high school? And someone was like, yes, here's his teacher. And it's like, oh, that's great. That's fascinating. So now I know he had an early connection to Shakespeare. That's why there are these references and things like that. Um, So yeah, I would say I'm sort of picking up artifacts just like Dylan.
1: And that is what monotheistic traditions we know do with text. The, Mm. The Gospels, the New Testament is essentially a what-were-they-thinking-about-about-the-Old-Testament. The, Old Testament. Mm-hmm. the uh, Midrash, which is the commentary on the the sacred texts of, in Judaism, and this goes through the Church Fathers, and this is where we get all of our commentaries, is basically taking the anonymous character, the missing scene, what did Abraham and Isaac actually say to each other? Mm. Highway 61 is a Midrash, which is mm. basically creating a cohesive alternate narrative for the existing narrative. Rather than saying, no, 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 positively 4th Street, there's no way I hate you. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. I will take your text. I will rearrange their faces. So I'll give them all another name. I'm mm-hmm. going to own your text by explaining to you what it, a different way of thinking about what it means.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm going to wander you know, around the rubble and paint my masterpiece. <laughs>
1: the streets of Rome, I feel
0: in the
2: rubble.
1: you see in the moon on a cold night, but it's very still. Got to hurry your back to the
2: hotel room. Now wash off my clothes, scrape them out of the grease.
1: story that you're weaving here uh where where can people find more of rebecca slayman's writing thinking questions myth weaving where where do where do people find you
0: yeah sure so um i am pretty active on twitter i have a main twitter that i use for just personal stuff and a bob dylan specific one so um the main one is just my name rebecca slayman um, which will probably be in this episode somewhere. And yeah, we'll put uh, it in the notes. Yeah. And the Bob Dylan Twitter is at I Through the Glass, another interesting part of Dylan's, um, narrative. Uh, and I have a website. It's, uh, annoyingly long URL. It's, um, com slash website. That's where you can find a collection of my writings. Um, I've started a new, blog that is just sort of my musings on current pop culture, if you're interested in that. And that's, yeah, that's what I'm up to right now.
1: What's your next big Dylan topic? What's your what's your question? What's your question for, I don't know, the weeks or months ahead?
0: Um, I'd like to dig more into generational relations to Dylan, um, because I think it's so fascinating how the world and the setting that people grow up in influence their Interaction with how they discovered Dylan, what they most relate to about him, do they do they like the contemporary one that they grew up with, um, stuff like that. I think is really interesting.
1: I'm look forward to talking again, but it's been great having this conversation with you. So interesting what you're doing. Also feels like a new chapter in some different methodologies and perspectives to bring even more to bear on the on the Dylan canon and mm-hmm. with a real spirit of curiosity and, and that's just uh, delightful so thanks for spending time
0: yeah. and
1: uh we'll see you at the next happy occasion
0: great thank you so much for having me it was a blast
1: we have a match a word man with a word mind don't no want in front of me and nothing behind there's a woman on my lap and chasing, drinking champagne This has been episode 5 of season 2 of Bob Dylan. About man and God in law, Bob Dylan in Stansville with Rebecca Slayman. Stay tuned for our deep dive into covering and uncovering and covering up some more of the world Dylan covers. Adele and Jimi Hendrix, Victoria's Secret and Cadillac. Where does Bob Dylan's music go and what does it cost in the hands of others? Just in time for the holiday season coming in just two weeks. Check out all of our past episodes Subscribe and follow wherever podcasts are found. And visit Mangodlaw.com for an excerpt from my forthcoming book about man and God and law, The Spiritual Wisdom of Bob Dylan. Find show notes, playlists, event announcements, and more. And speaking of the book, I will have my first copies of it in about two weeks. It's on sale as an ebook in February 2022, and wherever books are sold in May, I can't wait you to read it. We are proud to be part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Check out our brand new channel at Apple Podcasts for the whole Rocky Music Pod fam all in one place. Thank you again to the great Rebecca Slayman for joining us. We will cover even more next time. I'm your host, Stephen Daniel Arnoff. Thanks for coming, and see you soon. People are crazy times are strange I'm locked in time, I'm out of rage I used to have things of. Are-